0: Hey everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show, ronanddon.com.
1: Hey, what's going on you guys? It's Ron and Don. We are live from the Les Schwab Studios. Studios. Uh, they heard your plea, now you got three. Three episodes of the Ron and Don Show, in fact, episodes 78, 79, and 80 coming your way this week. And our, again, our thanks to Les Schwab, Uh one of our great partners on terrestrial Radio, and now on this podcast, over 300,000 strong, and they're with us for the rest of the year, throughout 2020, so thanks to them. And uh, thanks to this beautiful brand new studio, live from the shores of Lake Union. Hey, we got a special guest we're going to introduce you to, uh, and in my opinion, probably the next sheriff of Pierce County, Sheriff Pastor, uh, is retiring. But uh, before we get to that, let's get to this. Ed Troyer is here right now. Not the sheriff yet. He's the PIO. And uh, he's basically the spokesmodel for the Pierce County Sheriff. I'm sorry, the uh, spokesperson. The spokesperson. He's the spokesperson for the Pierce County Sheriff's Department. And of course, the topic on everybody's mind right now as we head into episode 78, is everybody's talking about the virus, and they're talking about what are we going to do here in the city of Seattle and Tacoma and Olympia and the great Pacific Northwest. And first and foremost, thanks for being here. Uh, you really are the voice box for Pierce County, and a lot of people in King County, and Snohomish County, and Skagit, and I, everybody loves you because you and Sheriff Pastor, over the years, you've made a really great team together down in Pierce oh, County. He's
2: been, he's been the best boss best supervisor you know I look at him as a dad and a brother sometimes it's great Um, we've had a great time working together over the last 19 years it's going to be really hard without him
1: yeah so he's going to be leaving in a couple weeks and we'll talk about that as we get toward the end of this episode but let's talk about what's on everyone's mind
2: right now and what is law enforcement doing
1: in uh, the area when it comes to the coronavirus
2: well, what we're doing is we're learning every day. In fact, we're learning every hour, just like the citizens are and everybody else out here. It seems like something new is breaking every hour or two hours when it comes to school closures or sports events being shut down and how it's passed on and what the virus is doing to kids because we have a kid under 10 years old that is infected in Tacoma Pierce County so we do know of some youngsters that have been affected and what does that mean so we're learning because we need to learn to respond to calls we need to learn how to appropriately respond to calls so our 911 systems have set up screaming we've screening screening calls to see if there's any potential problems there our department of emergency management has its emergency operations system center open. And we all have people from our agencies working there, working together, staying on top of things as it dynamically changes.
3: So Ed, this is uh, by definition, a communicable disease. If, if someone feels like they're symptomatic, uh, I've been hearing, don't just waltz into an emergency room where there's a bunch of people there and you're touching things and you're signing up on the clipboard and you go over to the drinking fountain, you hit the button th- because that's how it could be transmitted. What are you hearing in terms of advice for people? If they're like, I'm feeling flu-like symptoms, I want to get tested and I don't know what to do.
2: Well, one of the things about the mask that you see out there is you may not... Think that they're safe, but they are safe in this way. They prevent you from transmitting the virus. So if you're putting on a mask and going into a hospital because you think you're sick, that actually helps. If you're gonna wear it on an airplane to try and avoid from being sick, that doesn't help. Okay. That's not gonna help you as much. So if you're going to go into a hospital or a medical facility, you want to take the proper precautions to not spread it, not to touch anything. Let them know right away why you're there because they have protocols and they have rooms, and they have their way of doing it to make sure that it doesn't spread to anybody else, especially staff. Because if we get staff infected in hospitals, then we have a big problem. We have nowhere to go because they become isolated. They become quarantined.
3: Now, the other thing is, uh, and you always go to all the conferences and uh, these designations, when uh, the word pandemic becomes official, does that then uh, mean anything here on a local level? When I hear that in the news that the WHO says this is now officially a pandemic, when it trickles down to Washington State, or do you just obey what the governor says?
2: Well, in Washington State, we're unfortunately, and this is a bad place to be, as we're out ahead of this because we had more infections faster and quicker than anybody else in the country did. So we're the first ones to shut schools. We're the first ones to shut down large gatherings. And whether you like the governor or whether you like our politicians or not, I think they're doing a pretty good job of stepping up and making sure that we do that, even though it's going to cause an economic crisis. But really, our health and us being here, And our elderly grandparents and parents being in here for a year from now is more important than that at this time. We can always rebuild, recover from that. But what it does mean is we've had to take steps first. And here's the big thing, people from across the country are gonna watch what we do and see if it works. And if it works, we could expect to see this happen on a broader scale if it continues to expand in other states and cities.
3: So what's your advice when I hear um, someone that's, the the official line will be meetings of 250 people, gatherings of 250 people. So I'm not going to a concert. I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to go somewhere where I know there's going to be a big crowd. What if I have a meeting with a gardening club and there's a dozen people there? Or my office is going to get together and there's 15 people there. Um, What's your best advice? for folks in those, those boats?
2: Well, with those smaller amounts of people, you can practice this new term we've been hearing, social distance. And social distance means the three of us are here and we're not high-fiving each other. We're not doing anything like that. And we've got some space in between us because this can be transmitted if somebody sneezes or something along that lines and it gets into somebody's respiratory system. So if you're going to be around 12 people, keep social distance, uh, stop with the handshaking, stop with the sharing of tools. And the main reason that people are getting sick is because they're touching their face and their hands and they're being contaminated. And if you get this on your hands or your skin, you're not going to get sick. But once you touch your face or hands, you're going to. So that's why the basic stuff you've been hearing, hand washing is very important and not touching your face is very important. And if you're going to be in groups of 10 or 12, just really remember and pretend like somebody there may have this and do all the stuff you can for yourself safely so you don't contract it. Chances are nobody's going to have it, but why not pretend that somebody does and practice good personal habits of staying clean? And if you end up having it, you sure don't want to spread it to other people. So just just got to stop. Got to change, change our behaviors and how we interact with people for the time being.
1: Yeah. You've dealt with a lot of situations, and we dealt with a lot of situations together on Terrestrial Radio. We've been through a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we think of uh, the Cox Boys, for instance, or we think of- and That what trial's
2: ha- going on right now. It's
1: going on yeah. right now, and, uh, and Bremner is uh, doing a fantastic job. Or uh, we think about what happened uh, with the Lakewood Four, or we think about some of the disasters that have happened around here. Uh, when you think of this, and you talk to the troops, and Sheriff Pastor uh, talks to the troops down in Pierce County, this can create- A lot of fear for people because we don't know what's coming. Uh, Address the fear that uh, people listening right now because they're afraid. I I know for me, I have a little nine-year-old at home. And uh, if school wasn't let out in Seattle Public Schools, he was coming home anyway because he's he's, he's had to deal with a pretty tough immune system his whole life. And so that creates some fear for me. And it creates some fear for him too because he heard about the virus at school. So when we're talking to our kids or – uh, I have a 76-year-old mother and I, you know, and I and I fear for her. Talk to us a little bit about the fear that we're all feeling right well,
2: now. Well, <clears throat> instead of fear, we should have concern and a very logical response to this. Fear itself is not going to help prevent you from being sick or hiding or not being part of what the solution is. So you should have a lot of concern at this point, no fear, and practice all the good things that everybody's telling you to do. When we're talking about firefighters and police officers and doctors and nurses and first responders, I mean, we obviously deal with things all the time. But I can tell you right now, yeah, there's some issues here. We don't want us or our people to run in and be infected, then they can't work anymore and they have kids. So we have all these people in these jobs that need to be there and don't get to stay home and we need to be concerned and do all the right things possible so we stay healthy and we can work. Because right now we have all these kids out of school, you got childcare, uh, well, where are the kids going to go? What You know, majority of kids that are impoverished get their nutrition and their meals from schools. Schools are closed. And I've heard now that they're opening up boys and girls clubs. Private schools are opening up gyms. We've got a federal pass to feed whoever we want to feed. So you can get rid of that fear that your kid's going to be taken care of and that you're still going to have nourishable foods every day. Even if you're not part of the free lunch program, they want to make sure everybody gets fed and they're on the path to do that. Yeah. Let's do this. Uh, we come back. Uh, Tom
1: Douglas, uh, here in Seattle, last 24 hours has said, I'm closing all 12 of my restaurants. And if I could keep them open, I would, but we looked at every model possible, and it's just not possible, and we hope to bring all those restaurants back. Another couple great restaurants here in Seattle said, you know what, the margins, uh, we just looked at it for the next month or two if this were to continue. Uh, we can't continue, and so we're going to shut our doors now. Uh, I went to a couple of businesses today. Uh, usually where I usually get my hair cut. Uh, they have closed the doors. They're going to do a deep cleaning. They're not sure when they're going to open. We hear the schools may be closed for weeks. Now we're hearing that they may be closed for months. Uh, my sister contacted me from out of state. and She's like, hey, are you guys okay? Uh, and I think a lot of people are watching us right now to yes, see the mistakes definitely. that we make and also to see the way that we help each other. And that's a thing I've always loved about Sheriff store Ed Troyer, the Pierce County Sheriff's Department, uh, down in Pierce County. People always look around, they have the spirit of whatever it takes, and they ask themselves, how can I help? How can I be a part of something bigger than ourselves? We come back in one minute. Let's talk about the things that we can do. Uh, we talked a little bit about things we shouldn't do and shouldn't touch, but what can we What can we do uh, in a safe manner to help people in our region and even beyond? Ed Troyer's is here uh, for the Pierce County Sheriff's Department, the PIO, in my opinion, probably the next sheriff of Pierce County. All right? <laughs> Back in one minute, it's the Ron and Don Show. Just getting started on the Ron and Don Radio Network.
0: Hey, it's GeForce O'Neil. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron.
1: Well, here we go. It's spring in the Pacific Northwest, and you know what that means. It is the biggest tire sale of the year, and it's going on at Les Schwab right now at all their 85 locations
3: throughout Western Washington. Yeah, right now you can save up to $110 on select passenger and light truck tires. That includes the Reputation tires exclusively at Les Schwab. These tires are designed for driving in the Northwest with better wet handling, all-season traction, and a comfortable ride. Yeah, here's what you want to do
1: to find a Les Schwab Tire location near you, and chances are they're right there in your neighborhood, all you have to do is go to Schwab.com. That's Schwab.com. and you can schedule your next visit right now, or you can stop by any of their 85 locations to check out the spring tire sale that is happening, all right? So this is what we want you to do. We want you to stop by a Les Schwab Tire Center, walk in there, say, Ron and Don sent me, and we are here for the biggest tire sale of the year. All right? Les Schwab, let's say it together. Doing the right thing. You know it matters.
0: Ready for a great 2020? Take Ron and Don with you. Just hit subscribe.
1: All right, Ed we here with the Pierce County Sheriff's Department, episode number 78, The Ron and Don Show, brought to you by our good friends at Les Schwab, Les Schwab Tire Company, spring sales going on, you just heard about that, But we are live from the Les Schwab Studios, and let's talk about this. The thing I love about you, and I love about Sheriff Pastor, and I really love about the people of Pierce County, and if you're listening from somewhere else around the world right now, uh, Pierce County, when I say Pierce County, uh, what envelops uh, Pierce County?
2: Well, Mount Rainiers are so. If you know where Mount Rainiers is, you know the west side of Mount Rainiers in Pierce County. We have Tacoma, the Narrows Bridge, um, we have JBLM military base. So those kind of land references will kind of put you to where Pierce County is, and we are a blue collar town. We we. We are a blue-collar town. We have a port. So a lot of people through the years, and you look at the history of the area, have had to rely on each other mm. and help each other through bad times, good times, military times, and military uh, employees. So we've had this really long, consistent um, feeling of we're going to help take care of each other. If somebody's in turmoil. And that's, you know, that's why I started on the Sheriff's Department. <clears throat> Lucky we have these other programs that we do that allow us to do that. Now, all that being said, there's going to be people out there that are going to take advantage of the situation. So in law enforcement, we're still going to have to respond to burglaries, thefts, embezzlements, assaults, domestic violence. All that's still going to go on. So with everything that we've got coming our way now, we still have to do all of that. So it's going to be up to Pierce County residents to be our eyes and ears and be our conduit to what's going on, good or bad, in Pierce County, and work with us. One of the things that Sheriff Paul Pastor always said is, crime fighting and police work is not a spectator sport, and he means that for everybody in the county.
1: Yeah, because you really see the citizens out there as your partners, don't you? Correct. Yeah, I absolutely do. All right, People that are listening right now, and and one thing that Ron and I have noticed, and we've lived all around the country, and we've done terrestrial Radio all around the country, is that when you want to get something done, You can get it done here in the specific Northwest and specifically in Pierce County. We partnered over the years to do a lot of good things uh, for a lot of good people. And in this particular case, people knew that you're going to be on. They've already reached out to Ron and I and they said, hey, ask Ed. What can we do? I'm sitting here, I'm at home, I'm quarantined, I have a paper, a toilet paper for the next three months, I'm sitting in front of my computer, uh, and even though this can kind of be a drag, and maybe I'm getting bored, is there something that I can do to help people In the community or help people around the country right now? What can I do?
2: Well, right now, the best thing you can do is take care of yourself and your family. Don't get infected because that's going to spread it to others. And if you are infected or think you are, don't go out and spread it to other people. One of the things I was told earlier was that a lot of people aren't going to accept cash anymore because cash carries the virus. And hmm. you can transmit it, touch it. And you got to remember, cash has been through many people's hands. So, can you imagine the poor person behind the register that's handling cash all day? It's touched a few hundred people. So, what they're trying to get you to do is use your debit card and credit card. That in itself is dangerous because it's plastic, holds a virus, especially for people that are working. So, what you want to do is when you get your credit card back from a thing, but don't touch your face, take your credit card, take a wipe, and clean your credit card and clean your hands because that credit card could literally have the germs of 50 people on it by being touched by somebody who's not paying attention.
3: Hmm. Speaking though of of using your credit card and going to small businesses, Don and I were talking uh, earlier today. If I'm a restaurateur, if I have a small business, uh, maybe I own my own laundromat or I own a a marketplace, a a bodego, something like that, uh, I can be freaking out right now. Uh, All of a sudden, my hair salon has zero customers. My coffee shop has zero customers. Um, I I want to still patronize businesses in my neighborhood. I want to do it safely. I don't want the taco shop down the street to close because I like their tacos, but I haven't been there during this uh this week because i'm like i don't know if should i go to the taco shop should i not how do i grab the door handle what do i do here
2: i'm gonna go and i already have over the last few nights gone to really local places i know aren't going to make it if people stop coming my favorite places my local places whether it be during the day service food i'm gonna go there and i'm going to also take the precautions that we've been told i'm not going to sit in at a bar with 10 people crowded around high-fiving and doing all that watching a sporting event that's gone Um, But what I will do is go patronize their place, keep my hands clean, wash my hands thoroughly before after and enjoy their food and and do everything I can to keep them up and running and going because I know all of them personally because, you know, we get those relationships in the places that we go and I'm going to go to places where I trust people are doing the same thing and I think we'll all be okay.
1: Yeah.
3: It's kind of interesting because, Ron, you were just telling me
1: a story about the
3: Canless brothers, right? Right. Canless a, a fine dining restaurant, they just released a statement that said, this is not a time for fine dining. People need food. So you can drive through. We're going to still, we have the kitchen facilities. We know how to make food. This is what we do. We want to be a part of the community. So they're doing a, a thing where you're not going to come in and do a big sit-down fancy meal, but can they be a resource for folks? And so they're doing that. Tom Douglas, as you said, said we're, we're changing our business model right now. I know that uh, there was a Starbucks that had someone that um, got the virus. I actually purposely went to that Starbucks Hmm. because I was like, this is probably the cleanest Starbucks in America and this is not the same staff that was here uh, when that those those folks are all quarantined. I like this Starbucks, and so I went in and I bought a coffee at that Starbucks, but there was like four people there, I and mean, normally there would have been a line out the door. Yeah, and
1: and, and the other thing is, uh, Pegliash's Pizza, for instance, uh, they are doing a delivery where there's no touch and there's no interaction. Uh, I think there's a lot of businesses out there that are trying to figure out even if we didn't have a delivery service, how can we begin to deliver? You can't
3: get an Amazon Fresh slot delivery slot. Like if you normally go, oh, I go on there. There's six different time slots for me to get my food. They're all booked. Yeah. So um, the the Amazon delivery and any sort of Grubhub, all of the Uber Eats, all of those sorts of services are are definitely skyrocketing right now. But to Ed's point, if if I travel by bus. If I travel by rideshare, I I, I probably want to have some disinfectant wipes. And if I'm getting into the backseat of a car that 50 other people have used in the last day, I should probably wipe down those surfaces and pay attention to touching my eyes, touching my nose, touching my face.
2: That's exactly right. And what you guys brought up to a good point is people still have to eat. And that food still comes from the people who fish it, catch it. And put it together to distributors to the restaurants. Somebody's going to have to come up. It's way out of my Bailey but somebody's going to have to come up with a way to get the food to the people and still sustain their businesses. And it's probably going to take us going through the drive-throughs and understanding we're not going to go sit in any large, large restaurants that we don't know. But these people still have food. Support them. Go spend yeah. your money there. Yeah. Let's talk about this. There, there.
1: And I'm not saying there's a joy to this, but there, but. But there's a nervous excitement to this because we don't know where this is going. Uh, And as we are airing this broadcast, I know of 24 people that have passed away. Uh, I know of a good friend of mine, uh, and she used to work for the Seahawks. Her dad is currently in the facility over in Kirkland uh, where many of those souls have passed away. He is in there. Uh, He is quarantined. He's a patient. He's not allowed to leave. And you can imagine... Uh, the fear that that creates for him, and also creates for her, and creates for people in our community. So, so here we are, and we're trying to figure this thing out together. We're going to get a number of weeks down the road, though, and I think people are going to begin to go, "Oh my gosh, I am so I I am bored out of my mind." Talk to us a little bit about the tolerance that we're going to have to have, and as they say in sports. We got to go all four quarters here as a community because if we get to the third quarter and all of a sudden we just throw up our hands and say, uh, I don't care anymore. I'm not wiping things down. This is ridiculous. Uh, this is overblown. Talk to us a little bit about finishing strong here.
2: Well, what I don't think people understand is that the test kits are just now being put out there. I mean, they didn't have a way to test for this. In the next couple of weeks, they're going to have a lot more people being tested and it's going to look like the numbers are going way up when in actuality, the actual fresh cases of the virus being spread are going to go down, but more people are going to be diagnosed because more people are going to be tested and more people are going to be walking in the hospitals and checking. You know, you got to remember 60,000 people have already gone through this virus and survived and didn't even know they had it. So this isn't going to kill somebody if they get it. What it's going to do, it's going to take out the elderly and people compromise immune systems, but by us getting it and then bringing it around them, that could be bigger problem. So we gotta make sure we keep ourselves safe so those people don't become victims of us in a complacent society. I also have, know somebody who passed away who had pneumonia, was a big fan of Spike and Paylor, seen lot, lots and lots of shows, the guy in his mid 50s, but he had pneumonia, ended up having this and passing away before he was diagnosed with it. Mm. We have all those people up there that have not been diagnosed yet, that are kind of walking around not knowing they have it, because some people barely even feel it, just a little bit of light flu systems, or other people, it compromises them and takes their life. So we've got to stay on top of it.
1: Yeah. They say as a carrier. If you're carrying something, even if you get sick, you'll still pass this on to at least 2.5 people. Correct. And that's what they saw in Italy, and they didn't quarantine quickly enough. And now you look at medical staffs and hospitals, Uh, they have equipment because basically for older people your lungs collapse and they have to blow those lungs up and keep those lungs working and they just don't have the horsepower they don't have the people they don't have the equipment and they waited until it was too late we come back ed Troyer's here the Pierce County Sheriff's Department let's talk about that what this is going to look like a month or two down the road and in his opinion have we waited uh is it too late yeah because it seemed like the president wasn't really paying attention until the stock market took a dump and fell from the sky. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I better go read off this teleprompter and talk to the people even if I don't believe these things. It's the Ron and Don Show. We'll see you on the other side of it.
0: Follow us on the social media platforms. to search for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill.
1: Hey, listen up, you guys. Can you believe it? It seemed like winter was going to go on forever, but you look up in the sky, you see the sun. It's getting warmer. What does it mean? It means that Les Schwab, the spring tire sale, is just getting going, and spring means summer's coming, and that means you're going to get in your car. You're going to go on a road trip. You're going to take your family, your friends. You might go across America.
3: you got to make sure you're ready to go. Les Schwab's going to do that for you. How are they going to do it, Ron? Yeah, it's the biggest tire sale of the year. You can save up to $110 on select passenger and light truck tires. That includes reputation tires, exclusive. Exclusively at Les Schwab. These tires are designed for driving in the Northwest. Better wet handling, all season traction, and a comfortable ride. And with those tires, you'll always get the Les Schwab Best Tire Value Promise, including free flat repairs, free pre trip safety checks, and a whole lot more. Yeah. Hey, let's make sure you're ready to hit the road. Stop by one of their 85
1: locations. How do you find them? Easy. Just go to Les Schwab.com. That's Les Schwab. Let's swap. Let's say it together. Doing the right thing. You know it matters this spring.
0: You're listening to your old friends, Ron and Don. On the Ron and and Don Radio Network, man.
1: (laughs) All right, episode 78 of the Ron and Don Show. Hey, if you're a freaking motor store out there, and you're part of the Ron and Don Nation, and I think I said mortar, didn't I? I think I did. Uh, Reach out to us. uh, Ron at Windermere.com. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Write us. Let us know. What you are doing during this time Because we want to help you keep your doors open And at the same time We want to make sure that we keep everyone safe So let us know what you're doing And if you've come up with a plan Because I see a lot of businesses out there A lot of small businesses, mom and pop businesses Coming up with pretty creative ideas To stay connected with their customers And connected to the community And if you know of anything, reach out to us And uh, we will get the word out Ed Troyer, as I said, is here, the PIO in Pierce County Maybe the next sheriff We'll talk about that before he gets out of here uh, we just saw what happened in Italy. And it seems like Italy now has become overrun with this virus. And some people are saying, well, they waited too late to start quarantine. Uh, and we could have started quarant- doing some quarantine stuff in this state a month ago, right? Or even going all the way back to January. And all of a sudden, it seems like in the last couple days, this got real serious. And it finally got the president's attention when the stock market jumped from 30 And uh, today it was down 2 Twenty-one. Have we waited too late? And if we are too late, what is that going to do to first responders, hospitals, and people out there that need machines to stay alive?
2: Well, like I said earlier, this changes hourly and it's very dynamic, and that's why we're always looking for ways to keep ourselves safe, firefighters and the medical staff safe, make sure their kids are taken care of. Because if without them, then you have nowhere to go. And like you said, the shortage of machines and shortage of medical facilities. When you have nobody to run that equipment. Then you've got a double strike against you. And as far as quarantining too early, I don't know. We're gonna to have to determine that. Maybe we should have done it earlier, but maybe what we're doing now works and we become the model for the rest of the country. And we <clears throat> look at China. China has already emptied out all the hospitals. They quarantine whether you want to or not. You know, they run under a different regime and they quarantine and they're celebrating in some locations that their last patient was released from those makeshift hospitals in the last couple of days. The nurses didn't get sick. They did it that way and it worked. So that's a good model that it actually works. Now it is just like you said, are we going to become complacent? Or are we going to stay self-quarantined? What are we going to do to make sure that we stop the spread of this virus? And it sure can't be from lack of education because all the health departments, all the politicians, everybody's on the same page. And if we can all get on the same page and hold on and clean our hands and not put ourselves in locations to spread the virus or to obtain the virus, then I think we'll be okay and we'll come out of it. It's going to take some while. And obviously I've been listening to the economic impact and I think that we're pretty resilient and I hope that all these small restaurants and businesses get creative and then I hope that we all go support them. That way we can keep the economy going.
3: Ed, another thing that we see uh, when something like this happens is hoarding behavior and then price gouging behavior by some. And you mentioned it earlier that some people see this as an opportunity to try. We've even seen stories of like, oh, here's a magic potion that's going to kill uh, coronavirus and uh, people trying to sell that on television shows and that sort of thing. People hoarding toilet paper and then up- upping the price, hand sanitizer, going for 25 $50 a bottle. Um, you've seen that before in other situations. Uh, what, what, what's your advice to folks? And then how what do you, how should we think about those sort of issues?
2: Well, price gouging is a, a bad deal, and the government's addressed that before. So if you feel like there's price gouging, you need to let the authorities know and the Better Business Bureau and other consumer agencies because there are ramifications for people that price hurt. Now, if you're going to buy a 48 roll of toilet paper and sell it on offer up, and somebody's willing to spend that much money for it, And that's a whole different issue mirror, but it's almost like a secondhand art market. But what you're doing is you're reacting to the fear because I was in Safeway late last night and they had more toilet paper in the whole north end of Tacoma could use. And it wasn't jacked up in price and they had tons of water, two cases for seven bucks. So just because it's not there at that particular time doesn't mean it's not going to be there the next day or the next morning. We're not out. It just gets cleaned off really fast because people are in that hoarding mode and they want to take care of their own families. I understand it. But I got a great feeling, like a lot of people, common sense, that people are going to come out of this with 200 extra rolls of toilet paper and 500 bottles of water they're not going to drink. At the
1: end of the day, we're not going to stop this, uh, but we're going to slow it down. And looking in your crystal ball here a year or two years down the road, what we're really trying to do is buy some time to allow authorities and also science and scientists to allow them to catch up and figure this out, right?
2: Allow them to catch up and make a vaccination that works. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Look through the past... You know, pandemics and past different issues that we've had along those lines. And that's how it works. This one's just a lot bigger because it spreads faster. It's not a flu virus. This one is just airborne. And this is one that's got people panicking. You got social media involved. You got regular media involved. You have all kinds of ways to hear about the worst stories out there. Um, There are a lot of good stories out there, a lot of people doing a lot of good stuff too. I posted something on my Facebook
1: page I'm going to share with you uh, in just a moment. I share that, before we get out of here, I wouldn't bring this question up, especially during this time, right. uh, but I'm going to bring the question up because I may not see you again for a couple months, and uh, Sheriff Pastor, uh, tell us what's happening with Sheriff Pastor. He's leaving the, the Pierce County Sheriff's Department.
2: Yeah, he's been the sheriff for 19 years, and he's term limited out because I went from appointed, and he was the appointed sheriff, and you get three, four-year terms, so he's done 12 years as the elected sheriff. And April third is his last day, but the election's not till November fourth, and he's going to be gone, and it's going to be different. I mean, he's a great guy; you guys know him, and he's a smart guy. So it's unfortunate that it's happening right during this time period.
1: Yeah. You and he, and I've seen you work together uh, privately and and publicly. you got you guys have a real yin and yang thing going on, and he really trusts you, and you really trust him, right? Because you are boots in the ground, you are boots on the ground, you're in front of a TV camera, and a lot of times, uh, he's this incredible writer, this incredible intellect. Uh, yeah. And how many different degrees does he have? Well, I mean, he's
2: got a PhD from Yale and a lot of other degrees. and wow. He always gets embarrassed when I talk about it. He doesn't wear them on his sleeve, but I call him the smartest sheriff in all of America, and obviously nobody's going to fill those boots. Yeah. You know. Um, but unfortunately, we had a county council member put the information out announcing he's going to run for sheriff. I and mean, then a lot of people have come to me and asked me if I'd be willing to run, run for sheriff or be sheriff. And it, I thought hard about it and I'm still thinking hard about it, but I just didn't think this is a proper time to be talking about it because our sheriff's not gone and the coronavirus, there's just better things out there that are more important than politics in elections i think at this spot so i'm got a group of people together we're exploring it and i'm not officially announcing it we're going to see the good and the bad if i were to become sheriff or if i were to run for sheriff and i have a lot of people that are being very honest with me um, what it would look like and once this settles down and once the sheriff's gone we'll make those decisions but It's something I have seriously thought about, and I know it's a four-year commitment, and I want to start and end my career in Pierce County, and that may be the path to it. Yeah.
1: I think what a lot of people are fearful of is if they're going to lose you as the PIO and the spokesperson, because you have done a great job. And you talk to other PIOs, uh, like in King County or up in Skagit, uh, Snohomish specifically, too. All these PIOs, they, they, they kind of model, and, and you're real humble about this, but they model themselves after what you guys are doing at the Pierce County Sheriff's Department because you guys get the information out quick. You partner with the public, and if there's something hard to share, like maybe you're one of your officers did something wrong, or they weren't right, or they stepped over the line, or they're a bad cop, you've always stepped to a microphone, you and Sheriff Pastor And you've spoken the truth, and you do it quickly, and you get it out there, and you don't mess around.
2: Absolutely. Um, One of the best things about having Paul as my boss is we're very transparent. And we know that there's no such thing as a secret. And if we did something wrong, let's admit it, let's learn from it, and let's do what we need to do to make sure it doesn't happen again. So we're we're really big on um, transparency with the public. And, you know, I I have this as we went through social media and we went through different phases of how we communicate with the public. I've enjoyed it. It's been a great run. If the new sheriff comes in and decides they want somebody different, I'll accept that because the sheriff, whoever the sheriff is, puts their own staff together. That's how it works. Uh, I'm not going away, but maybe someday I might not be in this job. I think I'll take a good look, hard look at it and let everybody know in April when things settle down.
1: All right. Sounds good.
2: And thanks for that. Thanks for being with us,
1: episode 78 of the Ronadon Show. Before we get out of here, something I just threw up on my Facebook page because I've been thinking about uh, all of you in the Ronadon Nation and my family, my friends, uh, my kiddo, and all his friends at school. So I just wrote this uh, yesterday, so I wanted to share it with you. It says, uh, hi, guys. I've been thinking about all of you and your families. You've been on my mind. And I want to share a couple things as we face this global crisis together. Uh, number one, Wall Street. It will come storming back. It always does. Your 401k that looks like a 201k, or even today a 101k, it will return. And you're going to be fine. I promise you. Main Street. We talked about Wall Street. What about Main Street? Hey, that's where we have an opportunity to help each other. And help these brick and mortar stores. In fact, we've been talking about doing that in a very safe way. In fact, many are empty. Many are decimated. I was sitting in one yesterday. The fear with people right now is very palpable with some of the customers. And even if you're ordering takeout... At least you're keeping hope alive for these local family businesses that need us now. Responders, first responders, second responders, our men and women, they are unbelievable. They go rushing toward this virus every damn day when they saddle up to go to work. Countless lives are being saved because of their courage, their commitment to you and me, and they're all putting their lives on the line, and we salute them. Uh, fear, yeah, number four is fear. Nothing wrong with fear. In fact, I think it's a good tool. They felt fear when it came to the Bay of Pigs, Pearl Harbor, D-Day, 9-11, Katrina. So, but they took that fear, and they used it as fuel to move forward. So our fear is our fuel today, and we're all going to move forward here in the Pacific Northwest and around the world. Number five kids are kids. They are watching, and if you are full of fear, they're going to be full of fear too. You get to be a hero to them today. So don't let them down. Number six, science. Scientists from around the globe right now, they're taking on this virus full stop. And this is why science must be supported in all our schools today. Number seven, a couple more here, military, the National Guard, all our services, they have trained for this moment. They sleep in foxholes and forts around the world tonight. And when the world calls, they come. And the world is calling. And they are coming. They are the best in the world at what they do. And they will leave their family behind in order to come help, aid, and rescue We're so proud of all of you that wear the American flag on your shoulder and thank you from a grateful nation. History, that's right. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We've been talking about that. But I know my money's on all of you, and we're not perfect in any means, but we are a scrappy nation that's giving, determined, and kind. And what about kindness? Kindness and love. From sea to shining sea tonight, this nation is full of kindness and love. And finally, number 10, Moments. This really is a moment, an indelible moment in our history that we'll always remember and our kids will remember. So let's take care of each other. There is no retreat. Wash your hands. We love you all. It's the Ron and Don Show. You keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey,
0: thanks for listening. To the run and don show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back, and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not. Dead. <laughs>